All right, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Lots to do. Glad you're in. A busy one coming up tonight. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. What even is that coming up tonight? What even is that going to be tonight? Mm, could be talking about some crack. Okay. Mm, sounds delicious. <laughs> well, that leaves the door open for a lot of people and a lot of things. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Rick Amorati's going to have sports. Big D. Rick Amorati, how are you? Looks like the, uh, what do you got, the Misfits on here? Yeah, tonight? I got to run get early. Got a game tonight, Big D. Okay, what's coming up in your one sports report tonight? Yeah, well, we're going to have that uh, March Madness final last night, which was really April Madness. Oh, is we'll the talk- game over? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wasn't even close. Yeah, and so's off friendship. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, do you and Paul want to pay on the air, or would you rather settle us? I'll do it. I'll be very gentlemanly about it if you'd rather just just you guys would rather do it off well, the air. It's I, fine by me. I actually took care of it already. I sent you a third party post dated out of state check by mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Co-signed by Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was never I felt bad for Gonzaga, honestly. I mean, well, all the pressure they had of trying to be undefeated, um, going through the game they went through before that game, which they emotionally had to be just the highs and the lows of it, being undefeated, winning that game the way they did in overtime against UCLA, and then going up against really a superior athletic team. And that's that's the bottom line. Getting up and down the court on both sides of the court. Boy, they out. couldn't they couldn't get a stop. I mean, yeah. if, if yeah. they were given bats on defense, they couldn't get a stop. No. Yeah, they were yeah. just outmatched. I mean, on the boards, they're matched. Foul shots, how about missing the, foul shots like crazy. How about the three-point land? I mean, Baylor yeah. hit everything. They couldn't miss. Baylor's they, guards, the ability to get into the lane and dish and just get create offense. It's what your Sixers need. Your Sixers need guards like Baylor has yeah, to be able to create that. offense when you need points because yep. that's, I mean, that's what they did. Boy, nothing more. That's what makes basketball fun when you see a point guard who could just dish it everywhere. Like, I used to love watching Jason Kidd play. Just so much fun watching them, like, the creativity of it all. It's like, you know, it's like that's what makes Patrick Mahomes so fun. You know, he looks like he'd be the best point guard in the the NBA if he played. Yeah. Well, uh, we might as well start with some sports here. Uh, It's my first story because Major League Baseball decided we're going to show those and we're going to show them Georgians. We're going to show you people. We're behind. Um, we're, this is civil rights here, and this is Jim Crow. We're gonna we're moving this game from from Atlanta, Georgia, which has a fifty nine point nine percent population African Americans, and we're moving it to Colorado, seventy five percent white Colorado. That's where we're moving the game to. That'll show them there, boys. Yeah. Major League Baseball moves all-star game to Colorado, which has voter ID and fewer early voting days (laughs) than Georgia's new law does. They have 19 in the new law in Georgia. Um, Colorado currently has 17. So can we just come out? why, Why can't these places just come out and say, listen, it's all politics, we're playing games here. This is all politics, and that's what it is. Uh, why did the righteousness of it all from all these people and these players? It's just, uh, please, stop. You can't be more phony than these people are. This has nothing to do with any of that. You end up in Colorado? I mean, it's nothing wrong with Colorado. It's beautiful there. I don't know how their baseball team is. Their park's nice. 
but this is this is how, how do you justify moving this to Colorado based on everything they're saying? They do have a lot of white guilt there. Yeah. Oh. Well, that could be kind of a good thing. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. I mean, it's crazy. Colorado. Their, their voting What's laws What's crazy are, is calling this Jim Crow 2.0. The whole thing's a sham. And he did it again today. He keeps perpetuating the same lie, right? Even though he's been called out on it. By everybody, Hanging including the Washington Robert Post. Bird is 2.0. No, that's like 2.7. That's like 5.3. That's the Richter scale busted. Killing me. They're killing me, Henry. Yeah. So Breitbart has this article today. I mean, it's, it's basically going over the, the, uh, the basics. But again, uh, MLB removed the All-Star game from Atlanta after Georgia passed a series of voter reforms. By the way, did you see the former president out today with a statement? Basically called this um, new Georgia law soft and weak. <laughs> just, to, just to give you an idea where he's at. Um, safeguarding the integrity of their elections, which the former president has come out now and said that, that they're not doing that. He thinks it's soft and weak and not nearly enough. MLB and other corporations claim that the new law acted as a voter suppression measure. By shortening early voting periods and requiring ID. Now, we went over this last night. I would bet my almost anything, including all the money I want from Paul and Rick on the NCAA, (laughs) that none of them have even read the damn bill. Nobody likes him. No one's read the bill. None of them. But they're all experts in what's in it and and what it's going to do. That's how come we have to pass it so we can read it. Putting the falseness of those claims aside for a moment, one would think that if MLB were so appalled by those measures, they'd move their all-star game to a place that had fewer voting restrictions, not more. However, that is not the case. Not only does the state of Colorado require proof of identification when casting a ballot to vote, but it also has fewer early voting days than Georgia, as I just told you, too. It's too funny. As for the claims that Georgia's voting laws represent some attempt at severely restricting people's ability to vote, even the Washington Post gave President Biden four Pinocchios for saying that the Georgia law changed election day voting hours. Joel Pollack reported in Breitbart, he's great, by the way, almost everything he writes. Uh, What... I'm worried about is how un-American the whole initiative is. It's sick, he said. It's absolutely sick. Deciding that you're going to end voting at 5 o'clock when working people are just getting off work, this is Biden, not Pollock, by the way, said during last week's news conference, the following day, Biden claimed the law ended voting hours early. So working people can't cast their vote after their shift is over. However, Biden's assertions are flat out not accurate. Election day hours in Georgia, which are 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., have not changed. Those in line by 7 p.m. are permitted to cast their vote. Nothing in the new law changes those rules, the Washington Post reported. Georgia's law did, however, make changes to early voting. But the Post explained that experts said the net effect was actually to expand the opportunity to vote for most Georgians, not limit them. 
Pollock continues, critics have also claimed that the law prohibits people from drinking water while waiting in line to vote. In fact, Liar. voters are permitted to drink self-service water from an unattended uh, receptacle. The law bans a practice called line warming in which party operatives hand out water or other goods to people outside polling places using the opportunity to campaign. That makes sense. You can't campaign, what, 50 yards from the any form yeah, of campaigning, right? 100 or so something So you're going to give like people, that. like, you know, mimosas? You're going to give them water with the sticker that says, vote for Biden on it or yeah. something? The local Atlanta Journal-Constitution issued a correction after claiming the law limits voting hours, and they said a previous version of this story... Uh, said the new law would limit voting hours. On election day, polling places are open from 7 to 7. If you're in line by 7, you're allowed to cast your ballot. Nothing in the new law changes those rules. The law limits the early voting period before runoff elections, but Georgia's early voting period is still more generous than that of some other states, including Biden's home state of Delaware. Georgia allows no excuse absentee voting, unlike other states, including Delaware and New York, where baseball's Hall of Fame is located. Many other provisions of the Georgia law make voting more accessible, not less. For example, it formally allows drop boxes, which were just a temporary measure in the 2020 election. And, and that's one drop of the boxes. things that gets overlooked as they continue to as Biden continues to just falsely make statements about it, and then the media and other people try to move the goalposts on, on this stuff, as Saki did today in the press briefing room, he's calling it Jim Crow again today <laughs> as he's speaking, uh, which I have the clips of, and it, they're talking about things that we didn't have before. Universal mail-in voting? Which is a sham unto itself. Yeah. Right, drop boxes. Sham. So they're they're taking all of these things that were unconstitutionally added or changed in this past election, and now they're saying, "Oh, fraud! Look, fraud! Uh, Jim Crow! Look at they're not they're not doing well." We never had any of this for any election before 2020 to the degree we had now. So you can't. I mean, how do you say, "Oh, it's restricting um, mailing"? Well, all of a sudden now it's Jim Crow if you don't mail out a hundred million ballots to just everybody. On the voting rolls? And by the way, how about, how about these crooked voting rolls that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dead people on them? Sure. Yeah, but they're still getting their voting on time, which is good for them. <laughs> it's good to see that they're... <laughs> good uh, to see they're still, you know, involved in the process, the American process. Yeah, because, you know, when they're dead, they can blow red lights and get their mail through, no problem. Right. Many had questioned whether uh, Rob Manfred had read Georgia's voting laws. That would be, well, be one. Uh, before deciding to pull the All-Star game from Atlanta. Now, given that he's decided to play the game in a state with equal or more restrictive voting requirements, one can fairly say he's um, has not read anyone's laws. Neither, neither place, Georgia or Colorado. Uh, so a couple other things on this. What do I got here, G? Two, what, what's uh, cut 24? Do we have time for that? All right, roll it. Is the White House concerned that Major League Baseball is moving their All-Star game to Colorado where voting regulations are very similar to Georgia? Well, let me just refute the, refute, uh, the first point uh, you made. Uh, first, let me say, um, on Colorado, um, Colorado uh, allows you to register on Election Day. 
Uh, Colorado has voting by mail, where they send to 100% of people in the state uh, who are eligible. But that's uh, new. Application to vote by mail. 94% of people in Colorado voted by mail in the 2020 election. That's uh, not a good example. And they also allow for a range of um, uh, materials to provide, uh, even if they vote on election day, for the limited number of people who who vote on election day. I think it's important to remember the context here. Uh, the Georgia legislation is built on a lie. Uh, it's There was no widespread fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, Georgia's top Republican election officials have acknowledged that repeatedly in interviews. Uh, and what there was, however, was record-setting turnout, especially by voters of color. Weren't so there. instead, what we're seeing here is in, for politicians who didn't like the outcome, uh, they're not changing their policies uh, to win more votes. They're changing the rules to exclude more voters. And we certainly see the circumstances as oh, different. Yeah, yeah, okay. But ultimately, sorry, let me add one more thing. Answer. It's up to Major League Baseball. Uh, just enough of her lying. I mean, it, now, now it's, Can't we now just it's have voter suppression if you're not... It's voter suppression now. This is, uh, you know, we talked about this during the election. We had a new floor that we were going to issue in for voting. Now it's voter suppression, yeah. Jim Crow, if we don't mail, ball rain ballots on everybody who wants to vote. Now it's uh, voter suppression. Incredible. Live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour. I got great stuff to uh, get to tonight. Let's get to Crazy Town here a little early because this Crazy Town is entitled uh, Jen P. Saki provides clarity, and I spent way too much damn time making this, so let's make sure we use it. That would be love note from Gio, the director, <laughs> to me saying, hey, stupid, don't wait to the end of the show to play this fabulous Crazy Town, which I have not seen yet. So let's go into the briefing room today for Jen Saki. The P is silent. Let's roll it, G. All right, crank it up. No bunny today, I promise. Thank God. <laughs> look at all those, Chicks, look at all those downloads already. Let me just refer to uh, the first point uh, you made. Uh, first, let me say, um, on Colorado, um, Colorado uh, allows you to register on Election Day. Uh, Colorado has sure. voting by mail, where they send to 100% of people in the state uh, who are eligible. Uh, applications so to vote by mail. 94% of people in Colorado voted by mail in the 2020 election. Uh, and they also allow for a range of... Um, uh, uh, the Georgia legislation <laughs> is built on a lie. Uh, it's, there was no widespread wow. plot in the 2020 the election. Show. Who knew? Georgia was just was one of the first below. states to act on a concerted effort to use easily disprovable conspiracy no theories idea. to fuel their attempts to make it even harder for eligible Americans to vote. It's yeah. an accomplishment for the, um, you know, uh, the the medical experts. I don't have any personnel update for you. I'm happy to check and see if there's any update sure. we can provide. I don't have any call to read out. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken yeah. at all? I, I don't have any update on it. 
Let us know, please. If you I, I absolutely will. With the supply we have available, the number of vaccination, the va vaccines, vaccination sites, vaccinators, like we would Mike. of course defer <laughs> yeah. to the Ukrainian government on reading out uh, what they raised um, on the call uh, with the president. Uh, but you know, in addition to uh, we're, we're all in addition to our reassurances uh, that are consistently made uh, to Ukrainian officials of our support for them, support for their sovereignty, uh, and certainly would uh, would would uh, be yeah, here to uh, hear uh, that's a decision for NATO to make and we'll continue to be, uh, you know, uh, recipients of their interests. We had a, a poll yesterday that showed that more than half of Republicans uh, believe that the election was stolen from Donald Trump and that the Capitol riot was led by left-wing agitators. Um, is there a public policy response to disinformation? Well, first, um, to disinformation in general. The prevalence of disinformation is something yeah. that is of concern to the president. Well, um, one, uh, that has long been oh, the um, aspiration. Uh, 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 we will be providing um, some guidance, which will look like an FAQ, uh, a frequently asked question. I hate acronyms. But, well, I'll give you a little bit of a homework assignment. That looks like um, Joe Biden Many of their constituents would be surprised to hear that those are not infrastructure projects. And I'm sure with a little Googling, you can all figure out who those all are. It's yeah. a big, broad question. <laughs> a good one. Um, he has grandchildren now, so maybe he wants the rest of us to be able to tell our grandchildren what role did we play in addressing racial injustice. I don't think this will surprise ah. you. <laughs> president is not eager to be labeled oh, by no. anyone in she his party or certainly even by his friend Mitch McConnell. He was answering a direct question during an interview with ESPN <laughs> about the opening day baseball, something everybody, mo not everybody, most people in the country appreciate and enjoy. I'm sorry, say the last part one more time. I don't have any private conversations to <laughs> pre or to communicate about, uh, but as agencies uh, develop yeah. for a plan, uh, uh, it's paused while agencies are developing a plan for the president. Well, we're certainly encouraged by the fact that we are um, vaccinating, our team is vaccinating, our <laughs> experts across the country, I should say, are vaccinating. What, you know, what, what, what is left actually apart from war? What, what would Iran want out of it? Is no, that what you're saying, asking? What's the stick? You're coming with a carrot, right? Which is, you know, we'll bring you back in and so on. You dismantle all this stuff and, you know, we'll eventually give you sanctions relief. That's pretty clear. But Great. they withstood the sanctions under the Trump administration. And, you know, they, they in fact only increased their activity in the nuclear. Well, if you, so if you go back, if you go back historically just a few years before the Trump administration to the Obama-Biden administration, sanctions were put in place, which incentivized, in many ways, getting them to the table to have the discussion about the joint plan of action. When the Trump administration pulled out of the joint plan of action, what they left us with is a, a far decreased visibility of oh, yeah. Iran's nuclear capability, sure. uh, of what of, of uh, inspections at their sites, uh, of an understanding of how close they were to acquiring a nuclear weapon. That's not in anyone's interest, certainly not the American people. Has President Obama given him any advice on how to pass that bill? They speak regularly. Uh, they, of course, were president and vice president, but they are also friends, and they share a bond of serving through eight years of the Obama-Biden administration, but uh, also a personal friendship and kinship, uh, and he speaks with him regularly, but uh, we're not going to read out those calls. Uh, he has conveyed, too, that his, and I have, I guess, as well, 
uh, we've been clear. We want to provide clarity. So uh, we're delivering clarity to provide clarity to the American people to be totally clear. But we also uh, will be very clear. But ultimately, sorry, let me add one more thing. It is important to be clear and to be specific. So that should hopefully give people confidence. Okay. Wow. That was good. That's very good, G. I got to see when the uh, the Jen <laughs> Pisaki shirts come out. That's uh, that is that's just a little warning. Now you don't wear you don't wear keyable green <laughs> with a with a video editor on staff or a couple of them because they'll have some fun at your expense. Oh, that's why he could do that so well. Yeah, because she's wearing a green yeah. screen today. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So uh, very good, G. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> she, you know, the crazy town on her. I mean, she. W I mean, that girl's got crazy town on her, right? I mean, I mean, she fits that. I mean, she looks at home in crazy town. Yeah. I mean, she lives she there almost in perpetuity, anyways. You could say she fits it to a T. <laughs> yeah. 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 She. Uh, she looks good with a crazy town shirt on. Perpetuity. The P is silent. Yeah. She. Uh, she looks good in it, and she lives it. About 24-7. So, um, speaking of crazy town, how about this headline, which I'm sure you guys saw today? Biden's DHS chief, Mallorca. You know, there's no problem at the border here. Don't worry about it. No crisis. No nothing. Well, it comes out today and says border wall construction may have to restart. <laughs> to fill gaps. To fill the gaps. <laughs> yeah. So, translation... So far, we have the stay in Mexico policy, which we're going to probably go back to if we haven't already. That was Trump's policy. And we're going to finish building the wall in places where there's holes, which, of course, was Trump's policy. So translation here on all of this is, well, yes, Trump well, was right. And we're going to go back and try to do that. But we're not going to just come out and say that. Oh, and don't forget warp speed. We're just going to rename it, but we're still going to do exactly how Trump set it up. So, Yes, and Biden was in the White House today and uh, talking, read, trying to read off the teleprompter, doing a terrible job of it. Just incoherent. I mean, just incoherent. Um, and, and taking, like, again, taking credit for, again, just says, says blatantly wrong things. Like, when when we when we set a hundred million shots right. in a hundred days, completely wrong things like I'm president. Well, <laughs> yeah, but a hundred million shots in a hundred days was, um, you know, a lot of you thought that was very. Uh, well, I was really overextending myself. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> Nobody thought that. Nobody thought that. As a matter of fact, you were questioned by a CBS reporter on day one about that exact fact, and you yelled at the guy. And said, come on, man, and walked out. No one thought that. We were on pace to do that. So here he is again today saying things like that. Saying things about um, what are we going to do? I have this, this clip. I mean, it's literally incoherent. He tries to say, talk about um, the, the level that these people take your freedoms and tell you that you, well, you, don't, you, you know, they're not really yours and you need to listen to the government more, is really astounding. I'll play it for you when we get back. Hi, live from Studio 6B, your comments coming up. Social media break, a couple good articles for you, and on the crazy town, more clips. Uh, Governor DeSantis came out today, made some comments. 
someone call 911 for 60 minutes. From Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here. Rick Delgado's going to do what even is that? The top of the hour. Rick Amorati's going to do sports. And then he's got to go to the Misfits game. Um, so the other thing I want to do tonight, we've been talking a lot about um, what we can do in these next four years. I'm talking about what has to happen on the local level. Conservatives have got to run some good people. We've got to find some new blood, some new candidates that actually have the courage of their convictions and believe what they say and don't just run to get elected and then go there and uh, try to play nice with Nancy Pelosi because they're going to be different and they're going to make it work. No, you're going to get your ass run over like every like Mitch McConnell and all of them have done. Got them kicked over by Nancy and Chuck and they take no prisoners. They don't want to play ball. They don't look at you as their colleagues. They look at you as the enemy, and they want to um, just get you out of the way. Like they want to get the Constitution and everything else out of their way, just to get to power, more power. So we need some people who are going to be going there. And So I'm going to bring you a couple videos tonight of a couple people running. I think one, maybe both of them are running for Senate. I found these today. Kathy Barnett specifically I thought this is, uh, this is a fantastic ad. This is fantastic messaging. Um, and you have to hope that what you see, and the, the, the two that I picked out tonight, and I'll bring you more of these candidates as we find them. <clears throat> Kathy Barnett, G21. So this is her announcement video for running for Senate, I believe in Pennsylvania. And um, I think this is the kind of messaging conservatives need to be out there with. Uh, pretty bold, aggressive, take them on, head on. And then hopefully, of course, the key is that they actually, if they get elected, they actually go to Washington and then represent their constituents and actually think like and act like the people who elected them and don't want to go there and play ball. So here's uh, running for Senate out of Pennsylvania. This is Kathy Barnett. Roll it, G. In 1863, this was a battlefield where a clash for freedom was fought. The Emancipation Proclamation gave more than three million blacks their freedom. But in the decades that followed, people who looked like me could not fully integrate into the fabric of this nation. We couldn't even register to vote. Today, not only can I now vote without fear of violence, but I can run for office too. But there are still deeply personal and demeaning hurdles we must overcome. Because now the issue isn't just for someone who looks like me, but it's for people who think like me as well. People who think like me are being canceled, bullied, fired, threatened, and deplatformed. Wow. We're told that Black Lives Matter Except, of course, my black life, because I'm a black conservative. Radicals want to control and strip not just black conservatives, but all conservatives of our identity, because we dare to think for ourselves. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. 
Oof. The white man that sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue believes he has the power to take away my blackness because I'm a conservative. But I will keep on. I will never let the words of another define me or determine my value. You can try to demean me or call me names for what I believe, but Joe Biden, after the November election in 2022, you can call me something else, Senator, because this determined black conservative woman is going to become the next United States Senator from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I'm Kathy Barnett, and I will not be bullied into silence. Wow. As Americans, we are blessed to live in the greatest country this world has ever known. And only in America can a little black girl who grew up on a pig farm, raised in a home with no insulation, no running water, an outhouse in the back and a well on the side, overcome every obstacle and shatter every glass ceiling intended to hold her back. Joe Biden might not think I'm black enough because I won't just shut up and do as I'm told. And DC might not be ready for me, but I've never been more ready for this fight. I hope you will join me on this journey. I can't do it alone. Together, we will keep on and send a message to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. that his words <laughs> will not define us, that he cannot belittle us, and he cannot stop us from electing the first black Republican woman to the United States Senate. I'm Kathy Barnett and I approve this message. So do I. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That was nice. great, man. Awesome. So when do we get her on the show? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can, but I want to bring you these people as I find them that they're running. And I, I mean, I don't know who she's going to be running against. Obviously, it's we're still a year and whatever, two years, uh, two years out, a year and a half out. But um, but we've got to do something. I mean, we we've got to find some people who are willing, you know. And again, if you ask me today, I don't think Trump would run. But I believe, as John Solomon, as I keep saying, said so well, he doesn't have to be on the ballot to actually be the opponent because America first is going to be what's on the ballot, especially after at the rate we're going. And what God knows what will look like in two years. But I, I think you will. Um, I think America first might even be in some ways, more important in two years than it was the last four years. And might be even a stronger tide, win, you know, whatever you want to call it, wind at its back in two years than there was even in the last four with President Trump. Yeah, because, because I think you, you, when you start to draw the distinction of what's happening now, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, and there's nothing the Republicans are going to do about it. You look at what they're doing in reconciliation now, they're going to use it again here. This is the second time they're going to use it in a year. I don't know if that's ever been done before. But you look at where we're going. What were you going to say, Rick? Well, I was going to say with the America First platform, you know, I, I think if he decides that, you know what, maybe I'm better suited to help get all these other people elected. Maybe he's, he becomes the quote unquote, you know, kingmaker, they call him. 
And, you know, because he's the one who started it all. He's the, he's the, uh, he's the godfather of the movement, so to speak. Yeah, he may- created the party, right? Yeah, may- maybe that's... Maybe that's where he sees his role. Because, again, he's not sure if he's going to run in 2024. And, and you know, he, he may be in a position before that to be like, I think, I think we've, we've got the right people, the right bench, you know, to kind of let, let's push this forward and keep, keep it going. But, but to your point, yeah, people are seeing unprecedented change right now in, in the last couple months. And it's stunning, and it's, I want to say, some people are frightened. A lot of people are frightened. They're like, I don't recognize what the hell's going on here. So I think, uh, you know, having that as the platform is going to really do a lot in terms of elevating people and and figuring out, okay, who are the ones that really believe this, and who are the ones that are just going to pay us lip service and, like you said, get to Washington Start rubbing elbows and want to make nice and hey, who, who, what committees can you get me on? Who can, who can donate to me? Those are not the people we need. Those are the grifters. Yeah. The other thing I think you're going to see, maybe not as much, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'll just use this example as an as just one little example. Um, maybe people won't be as outward about it as this gentleman has been, but. Um, the Democratic mayor of Las Vegas today. I can no longer stand with socialists. I'm switching parties. John Lee, the Democratic mayor of Las Vegas, has had enough of the Democratic Party's radicalism in his state. And this is a state, um, Nevada, that obviously Harry Reid came from. And announced on Tuesday that he is switching his allegiance to the Republican Party. And his tweet says, Today I switched political parties. The Democratic Party is totally broken. It's time to bring people together and get things done. It's time to stop shouting and start solving problems. Um, so, you know, on how much of that you'll see, I don't know that you'll see, I mean, this is a local official, but I, I think there will be people who are more center-left if there are people left there who are going to look as, as these two years go on, and I, th- I just think you're going to see a tidal wave of counterculture. This is just too far. Yeah. This is not America anymore. Well, look, look at down in Georgia, Vernon Jones. He switched parties last year, and now he, he's thinking about taking on Brian Kemp to run for governor. Good for him. Then you had the, uh, the, the representative out of New Jersey. I think it was uh, Van Drew or something. He, he changed parties. I don't see any, anybody from the Democrat, I mean, from the Republican side going, you know what? I think I'm going to switch over to the Democrats because people really love what we're doing over there. You think about Trump's policy, and it was more JFK Democrat than it was anything else, which would be conservative Republican compared to with the, how the, the center has slid so far left now. And so, I mean, you think about the way he protected minorities, helped black businesses open up at 400% higher rate than ever before. You know, black unemployment all-time lowest, anti-war. He took on the bankers to a degree before the CARES Act and, you know, the bioweapon destroyed the country. You think about all the things he did. He was really for the working men. He was really for the blue-collar meat-and-potato family people, you know, just the people out there working and, and fighting to get by. 
So that really is the party. It's really the haves and the haves nots now. You know, it's just people who want good American sensibilities and a constitutional government. Yeah. And what did uh, Charles Barkley say the other day? Yep. Divide and conquer. Trying to get everybody to hate each other. And, and did you catch the news? The, the mainstream media won't talk about it, but guess who's, uh, guess who's looking to make a comeback? ISIS. Yay. Somehow, I think their funding got restarted. I don't know how that happened. That's weird, isn't it? You remember we talked about here on the show? We talked about how that uh, so much of the money that was funneled through NGOs that was making it to ISIS had been cut off by the Trump administration. Yeah. So much money that was going there to fund them. If you saw, if you saw the reports what Obama did back in 2010, where he left $10 billion of weaponry in perfect condition for ISIS, well, just left it behind. You know, it, it's scary how, how much they gave them weapons to hurt people and then have an excuse to go in and blow up more people and blow up more stuff and spend more money on the war machine. Yeah, prop them up. Um, I have an article written by Daniel Greenfield, who was on this show last week, just about Iran, which she referenced in the briefing. Um, there's an article in front page that he writes for. Iran wants over $3 billion just to negotiate with Biden. How many billions will Biden's date with terror cost? So I'll get into this tonight if we, have, if, we have a pro- if we have time. But one of the things, of all the problems that are going on, and as we talk about this country not looking like the country we grew up in, we're barely talking about foreign policy yet with this guy, which is maybe more of a disaster than what he's doing on the home front. He was asked today if he spoke to President Xi about um, the origins of COVID-19. I'll play you his answer after he told Anderson Cooper on stage during the, the campaign. Oh, I wouldn't take their word for it. I'd, I'd call him. I'd be strong. I'd be on the phone with him. I'd be this. I'd be that. Well, today he was asked how he's done here in the first 70 days. I'll play you the answer. B on a Tuesday. Let's do some sports here with Rick Amorati before he has to go to his Misfits game. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, I know we spoke a little bit earlier in the opening of the show, but I just want to recap that Baylor-Gonzaga game last night. Uh, so Baylor did end Gonzaga's unbeaten dream in dominating fashion to win the 2021 NCAA tournament. This is Nick Bromberg reporting from Yahoo Sports. Uh, Baylor didn't give Gonzaga a chance. The most anticipated national championship game in recent memory was over within minutes. The Bears sprinted out to a 9-0 lead on the way to an 86-70 victory over the Bulldogs to win the first men's basketball national title in school history. Baylor's win also ends Gonzaga's attempt to be the first team since Indiana in 1976 to finish the season undefeated. Uh, much like it did against Houston on Saturday night, Baylor 28-2 punished Gonzaga 31-1 in the first half. The Bears immediately started deflecting passes and making steals on defense and crashing the offensive glass. If Baylor wasn't making a shot in the opening minutes of the game, odds are it was getting the offensive rebound. So, you know, they just totally dominated. Jared Butler uh, led the Bears with 22 points, uh, and Macy Oteague had a good game too. He had a 19. Jalen Suggs with that infamous great shot that's still going to go down in NCAA history. 
history for Gonzaga. He had 22, and Drew Timmy, who was working through, I guess, a hamstring injury there, he only had 12 points for the Bulldogs, which definitely hurt them as well. They just weren't themselves. I think you're right, Big D. They kind of just, you know, they let it all go on Saturday night. There was so much against UCLA. It was such a battle, and they just didn't have the legs there. Uh, but, however, good news for Gonzaga, and I know Rick's a big fan of, of, of the Bulldogs. Gonzaga opens his betting favorite to win 2022 NCAA men's basketball title. This is from Zach Wasink of Yard Parker. The Gonzaga Bulldogs fell to Baylor Bears in Monday's national game and missed out on completing a perfect unbeaten season. However, they are the favorites. Um, right now, they are plus 900 favorite to win the title. Baylor is level with UCLA. UCLA really jumped up there. They're at plus 1,200. The Florida State Seminoles and Ohio State Buckeyes um, are all plus 1,400 as of this, this afternoon, and that's bet org. So we'll keep an eye on that. But, hey, congratulations to both teams. Great NCAA championship. NHL action. Right now, Sabres and Devils tied uh, 3-3, the end of two. Rangers looking good in the garden, up 5-1 to one on the Penguins. Uh, Bruins and Flyers, 2-2 at the end of two. Capitals and Islanders, nothing, nothing at the end of two. Paul says the Islanders hit more posts than a, uh, a shopping cart. So, uh, and the Panthers, uh, two to one over the Hurricanes in the second. Blue Jackets right now lead the Lightning two nothing. Red Wings one nothing over the Predators in the second, and Blackhawks one nothing over the Stars also in the second. Major League Baseball, everybody's favorite. I know they're going to want me to take this off soon, but uh, just a couple of scores. Yankees up 3-0 at the end of 6 over the Orioles. Uh, Mets right now lead 2-1 in the 5th over the Phillies. Cincinnati Reds 14-1 over the Pirates. That's also at the end of 6. Tigers defeated the Twins earlier today. Uh, That was Akil Badu. This young man, he had his first bat, his first swing was a home run in his first game. He had a grand slam the next day, and then today... He had a walk-off single in the 10th to win the game for the Tigers, playing good in Detroit. NBA action, Bulls over the Pacers, 97-74, late third. Lakers over the Raptors, 68-42. Pelicans right now trail the Hawks, 57-52. Sixers over the Celtics, 59-46 at the half. And the Grizzlies right now lead the Heat, 46-36 in the second. Here's a little NBA news. Ex-NBA great Paul Pierce was fired by ESPN after racy party video goes viral. I don't know if you guys happen to catch this. This is from Ron Dicker of Mm. the HuffPost. Ex-NBA great Paul Pierce, who may be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this year, was fired by ESPN after his racy Instagram live feed went viral. Outlets reported it yesterday. Uh, Pierce, a 10-time All-Star who won a championship with the Boston Celtics in 2008, is seen with friends being massaged by women and also danced uh, suggestively for the camera. Some outlets reported they were exotic dances. In some of the clips, he smokes what may be marijuana. Pierce 43 was a regular contributor on NBA Countdown and The Jump. You know, Paul Pierce is a big player, legend in the NBA with the Celtics, big premiere announcer on ESPN, just had a wild night, had this on his Instagram live feed, and boy, you just really got to watch what you're posting out there, I got to yeah, tell you. You know what, and I saw this this morning, and I was thinking, this this is garbage. Stupid. Why get rid of this guy because of a pers- something he was doing on his personal time, his free time. Yep. He's out just doing whatever, and it's the same thing that happened with uh, Kevin Durant last week. He got into it with a, a personal conversation with him and uh, Michael Rappaport, the actor, yep. where they were calling each other names and stuff like that. And he's getting, he got fined. I'm sorry, but a personal conversation with a friend of yours is outside the scope of the NBA. I know. It just it makes no sense. And, and, and now you got Paul Pierce on top of it. And again, I'm not, I'm not 
you know, rah rahing the NBA or ESPN. But you know, I'm yeah, sorry, rah-rah you got to common sense, brother. You, right, you got to have like a, a personal life. There are certain freedoms that you have, and, and this is garbage that you, these companies are saying. Well, you can't have a life. Get get, get kick rocks, man. I'm going to call my fr- my best friend whatever I want, and I don't care. Something tells me we're going to see Paul Pierce working for Boston. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. Um, mm. Watch. And this one from Golf yeah. Week. Well, uh, now, what, do you feel this? Uh, let me just ask a serious question here to uh, Rick. Yeah. Um, if ESPN has some kind of a contract. A moral clause? Yeah, some yeah. kind of something in there that he knew about that he signed. Do you still feel that way? Well, if he, if he knowingly signed it and it had a morals clause and he knew about it, then, okay, he's got to deal with the ramifications. But I, I think this more triggered me towards the KD thing because it was a personal conversation. And again, the personal lives. But he had it in public, though. Right. But, but you know, no, it was a personal conversation that, that Rappaport actually made public. Oh, okay. So he, he released the messages? Yeah, he released the message. And, and the message was, I guess, going back to last year. So it's 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 crap like that that just you you want to just bash your head into a wall because this is this is stupid stupid common sense absolutely and uh, just when I uh, golf week Tiger Woods will miss Masters Champions dinner one of his favorite nights of the year this is from Adam Woodard Tiger Woods is missing one of his favorite nights uh, the 15-time major champion has become particularly fond of the Masters Champions dinner at Augusta National Golf Club um, you know he tweeted earlier today I'll miss running up D Johnson's PGA bill at the Champions dinner tonight it's still one of my favorite nights of the year obviously Tiger Woods is recuperating in his uh, home in uh, you know obviously after uh, that major accident he had back in February, the car crash. So, um, but uh, he'll be there in spirit. So they're going to miss Tiger Woods. And one last one: uh, uh, Texans uh, could possibly be sued uh, over the Deshaun Watson allegations, saying that they should have warned people. They actually lent their own team massage table out, and some of these women did contact them for references. So, just to paraphrase real quick: Tony Busby is now up to 22 <laughs> allegations. Two of the women actually came forward today. Uh, Ashley Solis, uh, first accuser, spoke today. But now the Texans may be on the hook because they may have had prior knowledge. So we'll see how this plays out. I am been following this very closely. Deshaun, bad news for Deshaun <laughs> Watson and the Texans. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Okay. Um, well, as you said last night, we have to wait and see what the facts present. I mean, we've all, we're only really hearing one side of this story, although there seems to be many stories on the same side. Yeah, 22. <laughs> yeah, so far we've only heard that. And, and I read that some of the teams that were interested are now pushing away. They yep. don't want anything to do with it. Mm. I would just give up a first-round pick for him instead of three first-round picks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would get him into a sex addiction class, and I would just have a whole PR campaign, and then I'd win a Super Bowl. But I'm just saying, if I'm the owner of a team, because I want to turn, I want to make billions. <laughs> I'm just saying for their sake. But I wouldn't do that personally. That's right. I, it's incorrigible behavior, and I say no. If that's, if that's what happened. <laughs> if that's what happened, allegedly, possibly, if that happened. Well, by the way, well, Paul's. <laughs> I know he's joking, but what he's laying out. Trust me, there will be owners who absolutely oh, yeah. think that way. That's all. That's that is not. Um, that's not just let's have then having fun talk. That there's answers. There's owners yeah. who will absolutely they'll bring think in that. PR oh, yeah. teams yes. to comp- you know sex therapists and psychologists and doctors about- from Helsinki. You know, we're gonna fix this poor young man's yeah. addiction. Think about it. the perfect owner is already out there waiting for him with his own massage parlor incident, Mister Kraft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. 
That's right. That's Think a good point. A good we're gonna point. we're gonna rehab them. Save the team. Save save them. <laughs> All right, hour two coming up. Rick's out of here. Have a good game. Good luck to the uh, misfits. Appropriately named the misfits. Um, hour two coming up for the rest Is of that you. A double wink. We're back right after this. from Studio 6B. Trying to get the uh, G. No prompter up here for him yet. It's a blue screen. Uh, on a Tuesday night, glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's here. It's going to do what even is that here in a second. We've got, um, well, lots to cover an hour or two. I've got another what seems to be great candidate that I'm going to bring you a little introduction video. I like doing this. And if I can find more of these, I'll bring more of these candidates to you. Yep. Um, Bernie Moreno, who's running in Ohio. I'm going to introduce you to him this hour as well. I already played for you, Kathy Barnett, who I thought was just fantastic. Yeah, I thought she, I thought she was awesome. I That's, think if there's time, you should probably do that DeSantis hmm. clip again, only because it's such must-see TV. Just a thought. Uh, what I haven't even played the DeSantis clip yet from today. Which one? Are you, what are I also about the one yesterday. That incredible edit job you did, watching the complete lives of the mainstream media and how they completely like change the narratives and and basically propagandize everything that's said just so they can further their agenda. Um, yeah, I posted that. By the way, if we have time, we'll play it tonight. Maybe we'll play it in the last segment since Rick's not here. But I posted that on our Rumble. Uh, rumble.com slash LFS6B and you can I think I linked it on all our social media so those of you who are asking for my edit the side by side of DeSantis the original and then the deceptive edit by the weasels at 60 minutes you can find it on all of our social media at this point or you can just go to rumble.com slash LFS6B and you'll see it right there at the top of the page so um, so DeSantis was out today well, we still have nothing out here, G, so I'm not going to call for it yet. Um, okay, there we go. All right, now we got something. All right, so it's time now for one of my new favorite segments here <laughs> on the show, and that would be Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? You know, and it's funny because I think next week is going to mark one year of it being brand new. So yeah. I'm excited to see. <laughs> I'm excited to see how you go from there. But well, hey, no, no, I'm, I'm I'm not going anywhere. It's going to be brand new for oh. five years, probably. Awesome. Well, you know what? With that said, uh, you know that old saying, and I think it goes um, kind of like, uh, "What are you smoking? Crack?" <laughs> well. <laughs> Check it. Well, after the recent spate of public appearances and interviews from First Son, everyone knows is Hunter Biden. That yeah. answer is absolutely positively and unequivocally, without a doubt, 
Yes. Yeah. That boy's got to be smoking the crack. Yeah. All right. How else can you explain his interviews? I don't know if you've seen them where he said this. There could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that that was the that it was <laughs> Russian intelligence. It could be. could be that it was stolen from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough to make you say, Come on, man. seriously. Come on, man. <laughs> Seriously, what even is that? <laughs> Dude, we all know you're a crackhead uh, who started sleeping with his cancer-ridden brother's wife. Now it turns out could have been before he actually died. Uh, obviously, the crack oh, apple doesn't fall far from the tree in the Biden household uh, because we know that the big guy's wife, the doctor who doesn't know anything about medicine, yes, the Dr. Jill Biden, uh, basically did the same thing cheating on her husband with Joe when his wife died or maybe before that we still don't know who cares at this point but back to hunter so in the interview he claims that he's not even sure if the laptop was his yeah even though <laughs> if we do a search online hunter my boy we can find pictures of the receipt with God. your signature well which you have not <laughs> disputed i mean come on plus it happened to anybody You'll all find these pictures of you looking like you, half naked, smoking crack, and allegedly engaged in sex with underage people who could be family members. We're not really sure yet. Along with copies of text messages you wrote. All right, fine. uh, That lucky for us got synced (laughs) with your cell phone to your laptop. Well, I mean, (laughs) could happen to anybody. Right. Honest mistake. But there he is on TV pulling the Austin Powers move. You know, that it's not my bag, baby. (laughs) Even though with all the evidence, it's easy to determine, oh, yes, it is your bag, baby. Also, in the interview, Hunter talked about the stripper he claimed not to know uh, using Shaggy's It Wasn't Me defense. Yeah. (laughs) As as he was explaining in his book that he had very little in the way of, oh, a meaningful relationship for most of his adult life. Really? Because according to public records, dude, you were married for 24 years. What do you call that? Or do you not recall that one either? Well... And then, of course, maybe he forgot. Right. And then, of course, what a Hunter Biden interview would wouldn't be complete without what got us started. Crack. Yeah. Yeah. Now he also admits that he's a connoisseur of crack from faraway lands, including Italian crack, (laughs) which everyday Americans call Parmesan cheese. Yeah. Yes. He says he smoked Parmesan cheese because it looked like the crack. Well, sure. And how whacked out on crack do you have to be to smoke Parmesan cheese? Well, well a little. Oh. This whacked out. Okay? Now, now, don't you dare say anything negative about Hunter or Joe will come to his defense and have something terse to say about it. How dare you question him about the stripper and the kid that he can't recall? The shady money deals from the Ukraine, China, and Moscow allegedly engaging with sex with underage girls, who, again, we're not really sure, uh, dumping his wife for his uh, sister-in-law, lying on a federal gun registration form and throwing that gun away, and getting booted from the Navy, being under investigation by the FBI for tax fraud, fleeing the scene of a rental car accident with Drug paraphernalia left behind, and oh yes, smoking crack. <laughs> we all have bad days. I mean, and these are just the things we, the people, know about. 
but leave it to the big guy to say this about his rotted offspring. And I had my son Hunter, who's the smartest guy I know. I'm sick and tired of smart guys. Yeah, (laughs) sick and tired of the smart guy. Yeah, well, if you call that smart, I I can only imagine what this guy might think of that. Um, Look. The bottom line is what we're seeing here, and it's an all-out attempt by the deep state media and the Democrats to try and clean up the crackhead in in the aisle Biden family crime store, okay? (laughs) They're trying to legitimize this guy, make him a martyr, make it seem like, oh, it's an evil right-wing conspiracy to get this poor kid that deals with a drug problem, and now he's writing a book. Oh, boo-freaking-who. I say, look— don't buy it. Don't buy the BS narrative. Don't buy the sob story. And whatever you do, don't buy the book. Or crack. I need to figure out a way to tell him that I'm going to do something so that I can go take another hit. Yeah. Another hit of crack. Amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Rick Delgado. That was yeah. outstanding. Dude, that was great. I mean. That was great. Listen, we all, you know, we all have peaks and valleys, right? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's valley's known as the Grand Canyon. Oh, my God, man. Well, Holy. He, he, he's, he's an ankle. Like, that's two feet lower than, a, than an ass. It's, it's, he's as low as it gets. You know, and, and what's, what's amazing is, is, again, he's on TV. Like, oh, yeah, it could be my laptop. Dude, it's your laptop. It could be. Everybody could've. knows it's your laptop. Shh. Could've Shut up! Stolen. You know, I'd like hacked. to know who did that. In, uh, again, I think that was CBS. Well, they're having quite yeah, the run. CBS. CBS. Yeah, yeah, they're owned by China. So, um, you'd like to know who did that interview, and how there wasn't. I mean, did you? I didn't see it, but how does he get away with saying that? And there's no. Was there any follow up? <laughs> well, the, <laughs> how does he yeah, get away with saying that? There was, there was well, a little follow up. But but again, the follow-up actually happened before that because it was asked, hey, you know, was this laptop yours? Well, it could be mine, not sure. And then she asked him again, but, you know, there's things on there. He's like, well, we don't know if it was Russian interference. Yeah, he starts going down this wild conspiracy thing that only, oh, I don't know, a crackhead would come up with. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I stepped on the first. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, that is just funny every time you pop so, that in there. Amazing stuff. But there you but, go. But First son. Right, but First you're son. right about what they're trying to do, right? Here he is out there all done up with his new uh, new teeth in so yep. he can try to talk like his dad and he's tripping over his dentures or whatever he's got now because his teeth are all gone from smoking crack. And they're trying to make him out to be um, some polished uh, author. Yeah, that's writing a book. You know, he's overcoming his demons. And if yeah. you and if you watch even just that clip, gee, you can run it as B-roll right now and without the audio. And just look at his eyes. He is so they they are like pancake size, saucer size. He's just wide open. He's not blinking. He's just like you know, he's just like trying to keep it straight. I mean, God, I, basically he's he's saying what he has to say so he can get to the point where he can go take another hit. Yeah. Mm. So. There you go. That's Hunter. Uh, yeah. uh, we should all be so proud of our uh, of our offspring. smartest smartest man he knows. Smartest yeah. man in the world. Yeah. So, all right. Let's do a little news here, and then we'll do some more news when we get back from this break. Paul Nolan, what's going on? I just want to do a quick PSA. Don't do crack. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, so uh, leaders of major corporations have come out swinging against a Georgia election reform law with an ID requirement for absentee ballots, even though those same companies require valid ID to access services their companies provide. Sure. 
after the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, on March 25th, signed into law a bill passed by the state's Republican legislature. Heads of corporations headquartered in the Peach State, including Delta Airlines and Coca-Cola, came out against the law, with, which uh, is fervently opposed to by the national and state Democrat leaders. Uh, Democrat uh, messaging against the law centers around the allegedly racially discriminatory implications of requiring a valid voter ID in order to vote by mail. But in an echo of the politicians who got caught flouting their COVID ID mitigation restrictions, several of the same corporate giants embracing the Democrats' heated partisan rhetoric alleging voter suppression themselves require ID to access their services. So the the endless amounts of... um, irony of this whole thing is ridiculous you couldn't go to major league baseball and go to will call without presenting an id you can't get on a plane without presenting an id and i mean obviously you could just go through the list of the things that you cannot do and that some of these corporations like paypal would not budge their own rules about having an id to open an account or send or receive money or pick up tickets or board an airplane or go into some buildings or all of these things. And as I pointed Buy out last cigarettes. As I pointed out last night, too, you need a valid ID to run for office in every state because they need to know who you are, where you live. They need to they need it to be a valid photo ID. It's all politics. It's you, all. Know, you know from Georgia to Colorado. It's all a bunch of hippie loving crap is I mean is. come on. Stop. Yeah, you need uh just tell us what you're doing. It's all politics. Just say it. I mean, they, they make everything about race. They make everything. They racialize everything. They tell us all this legislation is all this. It's all big civil rights. And then I think it was Larry Elder or somebody today pointed out. They, don't, they care about, you know, the African-American community when it fits their narrative. But when you take out the all-star game, from Atlanta, Georgia, 55% African-American communities there, a small business-owned stores. And you look at the probably billion dollars that they just took out uh, from those African-American small business owners. Well, no, that's, that's, that's okay. from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour. Paul Nolan's got some news. Rick Delgado's here. Just did a great what even is that on Hunter Biden. And uh, the crack. And crack, yes. The two, of course, are <laughs> go together. Kind of hand in hand. And uh, so I've got some more video for you. Bernie Moreno, I believe, oh, is running for office in um, Ohio. It's going to lead with that story. Okay. Well, you can use this clip if you want. It's cut 22 after you do the story. What's the story? Well, businessman Bernie Moreno's launched his, a bid to fill the Senate seat currently occupied by uh, Bob uh, Portman, who announced earlier this year that he will not seek another term. Yeah. And uh, he said, four years ago, we sent Donald J. Trump, an outsider and businessman, to Washington to shake things up. And he did. We need to protect his protect his victories. So, uh, honestly, why don't the 54-year-old... Uh, came to the U.S. at the age of five and became a citizen when he was 18, including, uh, according to the Cincinnati Enquirer. 
So if you want to roll a that. citizen, uh, started a small business, knows how to run a business, knows about the private sector. Uh, a lot of things that, well, Joe Biden and his cronies don't know anything about. So here is uh, a little introduction to Bernie Moreno. Roll it, G. Many years ago, my mom boarded a plane for America with my five brothers, my sister and me. That flight changed our lives forever. I came from a country surrounded by the ideology of radicals like Fidel Castro and Che Guevara, who promised to give everyone all they needed and solve all their problems, just like Bernie Sanders and AOC are doing today. That's the exact opposite of American democracy and the American dream. But Biden, Harris, the extreme left, their allies in the media, big tech, and universities push socialism at every turn, using cancel culture to completely silence us. That's not what drew my family to America. This is personal to me. My parents came here legally because they wanted us to see that in America, we could accomplish anything, but only in America. I started as an intern at General Motors and made my way to the top of the automotive industry. That's the first business I built. I put every dollar I had into it and then some. I've started new companies that create innovative technologies that improve people's lives and shared my successes with the community. I'm running to represent the people of Ohio in the United States Senate to protect the American dream for the next generation. If we're gonna protect this country from the socialist left and keep this precious idea built on the concept of freedom, then we need outsiders who back up their words with action. I won't take money from corporate PACs. I strongly support term limits for DC politicians. I'll crack down on China and get our great private companies to build a supply chain made right here in America. And no one will fight harder against the cancel culture of the socialist left. Four years ago, we sent Donald J. Trump, an outsider and businessman, to Washington to shake things up. And he did. We need to protect his victories. Buckle up, Ohio. We're just getting started. Yeah. So there's uh, Bernie Moreno on, in Ohio. So Kathy Barnett, Bernie Moreno, there's the first two that I've found that I'm, I'll bring you here and I'll bring you more as I find them of yeah. these candidates running. And um, <clears throat> listen, if they get elected, we'll remember these things they said and we'll see if they live up to it, if they have the courage of their convictions because the Republican Party just, I don't know. We need some... We need some people who are, Patriots. are willing to yeah, well, stand up and believe in actually what they say. And, and you look at his background, where he came from, you know, his family, they saw it. They lived it. They know exactly what, what, we're, what we're looking at right now. It's staring us in the face. And it's great that, you know, between, between Barnett in Pennsylvania, who's running, who's a, an African-American woman, and this gentleman who came from Cuba, I mean, great. This is, this is more representative, I think, of the Republican Party, I think, than, than we've seen in a long time. Because it was, at least during, during the last four years under Trump, about reaching out. You know, like he did with the um, with the opportunity zones, reaching out to the Hispanic community, reaching out, you know, kind of growing everyone and, and kind of encompassing that. Hey, this is your America, too. Let's let's build it up together kind of thing. You know what I mean? He changed. He definitely. I mean, the party is expanded. To the the party. Working man. I mean, it's he's absolutely changed the demographics of this party. 
His numbers in all of these demographic groups were better than anyone else has we remember in recent history. I mean, there's a lot of nonsense we saw in the voting and the polls. We saw a lot of corruption in the polls. But we saw the exit polls saying that he kicked butt with the black community. It was even better with the Latino community. Those yeah. numbers, he nothing, things don't jive. Plus 35 of 36 Bellwether counties. We'll talk right. about that another time. And I, and I still think that um, those communities, all communities, in the next two years, four years, are going to realize, well, wait, no, no, wait a minute. I don't need to be, I don't want higher taxes. Maybe I don't want higher taxes. Maybe I want to keep more of what I earned. Maybe I don't want so much regulation. Maybe I don't want so much government in my life. I still think there's going to be people who come to that realization, who, who maybe are kind of falling that diamond and silk spot where they were just grown up and, oh, yeah, we just vote Democrat because that's just what we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think people think like that anymore. I saw something today about school choice. The polling on school choice is at a point now where we've never seen support for parents in all different states who are now supporting some idea or some version of school choice. Because I think people are um, getting out of that old... Where you just, well, I'm just, I have to send my kids to the, to the government schools. I have to vote Democrat. I have to do that because just, just what we do. No, I, I, I think more and more people, especially with the, with the wake-up call everyone's going to get and how much government intrusion they're going to feel in their lives here already, the, the pain at the pump, the pain in energy, the pain in, of when you go shopping and your bill from it's gone from two hundred and twenty dollars for groceries for the week to three hundred, you're gonna start thinking, well, wait, what's going on here? Why is everything more expensive? Why is everything harder? Why is my why am I struggling so much more? If you can't connect the dots, well, we'll help you connect them. Sixteen hundred Pennsylvania is the reason, and you're gonna start seeing these things in every part of your life. And I think the first part, people are already feeling and they're complaining about. And they're seeing it at the gas pump. It's up a third. A third. Yeah, around the country. That's, that's you know, in, instead of putting in 20 bucks to get maybe a half tank, now you got to put in 30. That's 10. That adds up quick, especially if you're on a limited budget. It's unbelievable. It's, 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 it's up 33%. It's, it's unbelievable. We talked about your friend who's in the shipping business is his bill is astronomical, right? It's another, what, what did I say, $100,000 a month in gas? I thought you said a week, yeah. but either way, though, I mean, you said it's going to cost employees jobs. It's like $20,000, $25,000 a week extra to fill up. And who's going to pay that extra? The customers are. Yep, and you know who's also going to get hurt by it? The, extra, the, the low-level helper who's trying to get in there as a job to work his way up the ladder, and he can't because there's no job for him anymore because... There's no, less help is available. Go build a house right now and tell me what your, what your costs are compared to a year ago, two years ago. It, it's, it's, it's a big difference. Lumber prices are what? It is a 200%? Big difference to build a house right now if you're in that. And there's so many industries. There's so many, and it affects everything down the line too. It's not just, it's all of it. So you're going to start to feel it. 
And I don't. And I think the majority of Americans, no matter what the media tells us, is not happy with what's going on at the southern border. I don't care what side of the aisle they fall on. And I don't care what side of the aisle they fall on when they see teachers in San Diego who are willing to go down there and uh, teach illegals who are being held by this government in places, and they're not willing to go teach your kids in school as their union fights to keep them out of school. And you pay them. I, I, don't, I don't believe, I don't care where they fall, I just don't believe people in this country will stand for that. I just don't. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We are, uh, well, we are Paul, and I am Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Together we are pre... Never mind. (laughs) Um, Hey, Rick, did you see this story? Border Patrol scrubs press release announcing arrests of Yemeni nationals on terror watch list. I saw the headline. I didn't have a chance to read the piece. What does this it say? This is from Daniel Payne at Just the News, another phenomenal investigative journalist. The guy's outstanding and one of my favorite, um, I guess, reporters. Uh, U.S. Customs Border Patrol this week scrubbed from its website a press release detailing the agency's capture of two Yemeni nationals who were on the FBI's terrorism watch list. The original pre- press release, which was available as late as 9 p.m. on Monday, announced um, the uh, Border Patrol's apprehension of two Yemeni men within the two months were at, identified on the terrorism watch list and were also on the no-fly no list. And yet by Tuesday afternoon, the press had disappeared from the uh, Border Patrol's website. A visit to the press release URL now simply displays the message, you are not authorized to access this page, you pleb. Doesn't say you pleb. I, <laughs> I added that, that part. There, oh, you added that part. <laughs> All right. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because there were, uh, like, I guess, four other Middle Eastern men with, uh, with terrorist ties that were caught sometime between, I think, December and uh, March. The cartel's going to raise their prices on bringing uh, Muslims through. I mean, they should be getting triple what they're getting. Three grand, that's like a bargain. And, and now the cartels, I, I I heard this today. I was driving around and I heard this, that the cartels are advertising uh, their travel service to the U.S. on Facebook. I saw that. Somebody Good said Lord. it took them about five minutes to find it, to find an advertisement for that on Facebook. I saw Sick. someone tweet that today. Yeah. And, of course, the question is, um, everybody's focused on these these two but of course, the question is, how many? Who are we missing? Right. Who is it that we're not catching that's getting through? There's oh not. Oh my you God! Know, so many. That that's that's the issue, and that's why I started on this before, but never got to it. Uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas may have had a change of heart regarding uh, regarding the border wall. Mayorkas reportedly told Immigration and Custom Enforcement employees that would be ICE. That would be the organization that Kamala Harris in a Senate hearing once called, um, uh, I think she compared them to um, stormtroopers. Yes. Or um, 
stop somebody. She compared him to something. I think stormtroopers. Uh, ICE employs last week that he may restart border wall construction to plug what he called gaps in the current barrier. Of course, Ted Cruz went down there and stood by those gaps, as has our own Ben Berkwam. Um, you know, I mean, when you've when you we've built all this wall, but you've got obviously these huge holes. It's kind of defeats the purpose of all of the rest of it. Doesn't really do much. If you've got these places, um, he said he has previously suggested that he doesn't believe a wall across the entire United States, Mexico border is necessary. Uh, okay. Yeah. How's <laughs> Joe, that working right? out? Joe Biden <laughs> vowed last year that he wouldn't build one more foot, quote unquote, of wall and imposed a halt on construction on inauguration day. How's that worked out? The DHS chief was asked about his plans for the wall, and he said that even though uh, Joe Biden has halted Pentagon funding for the wall, quote, that leaves room to make decisions on finishing some gaps in the wall. Uh, Cut 23, G. She was asked about this today in her green screen dress. Roll it. Uh, Go ahead. Thank you. The FBI keeps a watch list of information about people who are known or reasonably suspected of being involved in terror activities. Two people on it from Yemen have been apprehended at the border. How concerned is President Biden about terrorists possibly trying to take advantage of gaps in the border to get in and kill Americans? Well, first, let me convey that uh, these type of incidents are very uncommon. No, 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 stop, stop. The question was... Is the president concerned that terrorists are using this to get in the country to kill Americans? You would think the answer would be, of course he is, Peter. As we're always concerned, as our number one job is to keep the citizens in the country safe. And then go on to our BS nonsense. She can never answer reasonable, basic questions even from Peter Ducey. Never mind the love fest from the rest of them. Why can't she answer the question first and then go on to her nonsense? Scripted out whatever she's looking for there as she's flipping through. Just answer the question first. That was not a question that you couldn't say yes or no to, or you, somehow you're, all your colleagues are going to say, why are you answering Ducey from Fox or whatever the hell she's thinking? Is the president concerned that terrorists will be exploiting these gaps in the wall to come into the country and kill Americans? That, that should not be a hard question to answer. And then do her BS. Ay, ay, ay. So let's hear what she says, G. Finish it. Can speak more to uh, the timeline uh, and the specifics, of course, in, in these particular cases and encounters. But encounters of known and suspected terrorists are very uncommon. Uh, they do underscore the importance of the critical work that is done on a daily basis to vet those at the border. DHS works uh, not just in, at the border, uh, as you know, but also with international partners to share intelligence and other information, including an individuals on certain watch lists from entering the United States. They adjudicate individuals encountered at and between ports of entry against several classified and unclassified databases. So while this is rare, this is a reflection of them doing their jobs. Oh, another quick one about the border. The DHS secretary is reportedly looking to finish some gaps in the southern border. How does that fit with President Biden's day one executive order to stop border wall construction? 
Well, wall construction remains paused to the extent permitted by law. So some has already been funded through uh, congressional uh, authorization and, and funding allocation. Uh, but as agencies uh, develop for a plan, uh, it's paused while agencies are developing a plan for the president on the management of the federal funds. When the administration took office, as you referenced, funds had been diverted from congressionally appropriated military construction have, projects uh, and other appropriated so purposes toward building the wall. And wall construction was being challenged in multiple lawsuits, in, for, for much of the wall, I should say, not all of it, by plaintiffs who allege serious environmental and safety issues. Under those. Enough of this blabber. Just blabber. It's just blabber. She can't answer any questions. If it's not scripted in front of her, she, has no, she can't just talk about it because she has no idea where the, what the policy is, where he stands on it, what he feels about it. So he can't just, she can't just come out and say basic stuff. She still didn't answer his first part, and he let her off the hook, went to another question, which is fine. But he didn't even get an answer. There's no answer in all that blabber that she gave him. That's just government talk, just nonsense. There's no answer in there. I mean, she just can't, she cannot give basic answers to these, to these topics. Well, because if she does, that's, it's going to be what she's not supposed to be saying. She can't say the truth, so she has to blather on. Well, she has to flood the zone with words in hopes that uh, it'll scramble your brain. You'll feel like you got a pretzel in your brain. You can't think. You're like, I, I guess the answer's there. I'll, I'll go back and listen to this and, and write it up later. You know, I, we always say on this show, there's no such thing as his truth. Your, there's just the truth. But in this case, I'll make an exception. I'll even take her truth if she wants to tell us what that is. I'll take anything. Does the president worried about, the, just give me something. Give me something so I know that you're like, you're just not some scripted robot out there. That's what she is. It's got to be. Okay, <laughs> government uh, 346 says that. Uh, did, but I mean, this is, this is what we're going to get. This is, and, and it all goes right back to the Oval it just. This is what's this is this is who's in charge, and this is what the decision making is like. This is the policy making. This is where everything's at. I feel no like clue. we have a permanent substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah, who's never looked at the lesson she's going to teach. Right. That's funny. A definitive right. lie would have been better than all of the words that mean nothing. Yeah. Exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. I I would take something if that's I'd take a lie that seemed like it was from the heart, or 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 something that seemed like. She had a, that this is where we stand and this is it. And we can debate the, 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 the merits of it, but this is, this is our, pol this is what we're trying to accomplish. This is how he feels about it. No, he's not worried about it because he figures that the local police departments will do a great job. Whatever it is to see, we'll catch them somewhere. Whatever it is, I would rather that than whatever that was. <laughs> you can't even say if the president's worried about it. She never answered that. I mean, am I making too big a deal of this? No, not at all. It's not exactly all. that. She just continues to blather on, filibustering away around the answers, just basically making the reporter submit to like, like she's getting hit over the, like he's getting hit over the head with a bag of syllables to knock him out. It's, it, you know, it's just, it, she's just saying words that just leaves you like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's like getting slimed on Nickelodeon. It's like, all right, I'm covered now. Now what do I do? 
I mean, the one his first question really just sticks out to me because I hadn't seen that before. Is the president worried that terrorists will take advantage of these gaps to come into the country and kill Americans? What is so hard to answer about that? Or lay out what if you're if you're the voice of the president, if you're in there to speak for him, and that question gets asked. How do you not have an answer for that question and you have to go into your mumbo-jumbo government jargon that's written on the page for you from some staffer who's 19 years old working for you, whatever? Yeah, a question like that doesn't need a, a pre-prepared answer. It you wouldn't just, think? It, it should just kind of be like, well, of course, that's it's silly for you to even ask. Of course he's concerned. But now let's talk about this. Well, at least, he answered, at least she answered the first part of the question. But yeah, you're right. Uh, nothing. It's just it's just word salad. Of course he's concerned, and this is what we're going to do. Or no, he's not concerned because of this. This is what we, he's got. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, what else is, going on? <laughs> what else is in the news? You sound news completely beat. Um, well, Grassley pushes for information and transparency into alleged whistleblowers. This is also from Just the News. Um, Nicholas Sherman of Justin is, uh, is reporting that Chuck Grassley is seeking information about whistleblowers alleging significant ethic lapses and potential leaks of market-sensitive data at the Veterans Benefit Administration. Um, the whistleblowers allege that the department appears to be sweeping under the rug a history of conflicts and ethical issues among senior officials uh, at the Veterans Benefit Administration. They also... Say the Benefits Administration uh, senior official Charles uh, Bogue failed to disclose information about a husband who owns a consulting firm with contracts with Veterans Education Success and directly does business with the VBA. So just another example of more of the insider, you know, uh, wheeling and dealing and just more corruption across the board. So um, I've kind of covered you've kind of covered some of the stuff I was covering, too, like about pr- Trump saying, um you know how soft this new bill is yeah but um he came I, out with a statement tonight i i thought this was interesting um well, we gotta we got to hold it we gotta oh get i'm so sorry we'll do desantis and we'll do more news when we get back live from studio 6b on a tuesday night glad you're in that went fast Studio 6B, 13 to the hour. Rick Amirati had to go. Um, the Misfits have a game tonight, so no sports. So let's do uh, Ron DeSantis, follow up on our story from last night. Uh, of course, 60 Minutes deceptively editing his um, presser to make it fit their narrative. And CBS came out with some statements today, which I don't have in front of me, but just almost doubling down. Uh, oh, look at this. It jumped right in front of me. How lucky. When Florida state data revealed people of color were vaccinated at a much lower rate than their wealthier neighbors, 60 Minutes reported the facts surrounding the vaccine's rollouts, which is controlled by the governor. We requested 
and conducted interviews with dozens of sources and authorities involved. We requested an interview with Governor Ron DeSantis. He declined. We spoke to State Emergency Management Director Jared Moskowitz twice, but he declined to be interviewed on camera for our story until well after our deadline. The idea that we ignored their perspective is untrue. Counter to his statements yesterday, we also spoke on the record with Palm Beach County Mayor David Kerner, for, uh, which I read you his statement. For over 50 years, the facts reported by 60 Minutes have often stirred debate and prompted strong reactions. Our story Sunday night speaks for itself. So there they are, pretty much uh, doubling down. DeSantis gave a press conference today. He was about to leave, and some reporter asked him about it. Cup 20G, here was his fiery answer roll it they cut out everything that showed that their narrative was a piece of horse manure um and it shows you how dishonest these are smear merchants that's why nobody trusts corporate media uh they are a disaster in what they're doing Let's take it on the matter they knew what Trump. they were doing yep. was a lie the hands yep. i knew what they were doing was a lie everybody here knows what they were doing is a lie they know that we know they're lying, and yet they continue to lie. That's what we and said last And they lied, night. and they lied, and they lied. Exactly we right. offered them the information, and they declined to interview the key people uh, because they didn't want to let go of the narrative. Well, guess what? There's going to be consequences for that. Uh, we're not, I know corporate media thinks that they can just run over people. Uh, you ain't running over this governor. I'm punching back, and I'm going to continue to do nice. it. Nice. Good, man. Until these smear merchants are held accountable. The fact of the matter is, Florida has vaccinated three and a half million senior citizens. We were the first state in the country to put seniors first. The results of our efforts are that seniors are much less likely to be hospitalized for COVID than they were six months ago. So our efforts have worked, and particularly in Palm Beach County, uh, we've done over 275,000 seniors just in that one county. That's 75% of all the seniors there. It's been a, a team effort. We've worked in a lot of different ways, um, but you can't lie. Uh, and you should have not run it. Uh, they were warned, uh, and yet they plowed ahead anyways. And so we're going to be doing even more to expose uh, more lies because there's lies built upon lies on all this. You know, for example, they're attacking Publix. You know it's New York corporate media. When you come to Florida and attack Publix, I mean, like, people like, I mean, like, maybe they're, they like their dogs better than Publix, but not much. I mean, it's one of the most popular brands in the state. It would have been malpractice to cut Publix out of assisting. And I know we were able to expand retail sites in Bay. People were very happy. Um, but what they're saying is, is a total crock that somehow only Publix was getting it. It was nonsense. And we told them it was that, and they cut it out. They spliced it because they can't handle the truth. And they know if they would have put out everything, uh, they wouldn't have had a story. And so they went for the smear. Uh, they've been caught red-handed. Now, see, all these corporate media people, they all scratch each other's back. So, you know, a lot of them just are pretending it didn't happen. They're not going to really police their own. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of people that are going to police their own. But the message is for people out there, unless you're a partisan leftist, uh, do not trust corporate media. You can't trust them. They're not trustworthy. They will lie. They will smear. 
um, and then they just move on to the next target and think that they're going to be able to get away with it. You ain't getting away with it here, okay? You come down to our state and you try to smear people, um, you know, we're going to bite back and we're going to hold you accountable. So this is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. That's awesome. Now, nice. can they sue? Well, so here's the thing. When he, that he said that, I kind of went, oh, this is not over. What does that mean? Now, if you think about what they accused him of, they basically accused him of taking a bribe. Yeah. yeah. They accused him of it. They call it pay for play. They accused him of taking a bribe. And their statement today that I just read you, basically, if you think about it, says we, they say on the record, we interviewed, let me pull it up again. Uh, we interviewed... Uh, Palm Beach County Mayor David Kerner. Well, I read you David yeah. Kerner's statement yesterday, and he said, I told them, and they decided not to use my part, or they decided not to use it. So if they knew from David Kerner that this whole narrative was a bunch of BS, and they now have on the record said they spoke to him before, and they still went ahead and accused him basically of taking a bribe, I don't know. Is there, is there legal action? It seems to me there might be. I just think at this point, they got to keep pummeling. Every time the mainstream media lies, I just think they got to keep pummeling them with lawsuits. Just keep them tied up with lawsuits all day, every day. Yeah. I mean, if I accuse Paul of something and I talk to Rick and Rick's, his, Rick's worked with Paul and Rick says to me, well, well no, that's, that's uh, your whole theory. is I can debunk that whole theory right now. That's not how it went down. And I go out into the public and run the story. I mean, how does Paul, how am I not liable for that? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an I attorney. certainly wouldn't pay you the two G's I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. But that's, that's because I would have gotten it. I'll give you half. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this. Um, I would be surprised. I, if, you ha if you said, well, who's the one person they probably don't want to do this to other than Trump? I think, to, I think he's the one. Yeah. So I don't think they could have picked a worse person because he's he will not let but it go. He, right. He's in their crosshairs. For one, he's incredibly popular. Two, he's been incredibly successful. The state is flourishing in in it's in this new form of federalism, right? Like this new version of just our state has its own rights. Stay out of our business. The yeah, federal yeah. government is a complete nuisance and a complete disaster. We're not having it. Come to our state. Work. Live. Be free. We'll provide you the medication for this bioweapon. Come here and live and be left alone. No state tax. And they're flourishing. How do you yeah, stop he, that? And he promised no vaccine passports either. Correct. Already you know, passed, I believe, already passed the um, legislation. Property I looked at or a year ago. Or signed the executive that, order, I mean. The property I looked at a year ago is like 30% higher today. And you know what? I still don't even know if I care this point right now what do i care i just got to get out of new york are you going to do the show remotely no we're all going down there <laughs> oh okay I got a that. studio all planned out by the oh. beach <laughs> by the beach well uh so descent i mean we'll, i get don't know. We'll see. back right well maybe i don't know if she's still there um well desantis is just the wrong person i would think and, and when he says it's not over i believe him and we'll see hey, he's before we get to news, you guys see the video of the little boy watering, uh, little crying 
desperate, like a four or five year old boy. The yep. video that was on Rumble got kicked off of Facebook already called uh, fake news. Um, the Border Patrol has this little boy wandering alone in the desert. If I send you that video, could you play it tomorrow? It's it's got the news should be playing this because if this was on the Trump's watch, he would be labeled as the devil. Right. He'd be getting blamed for this. You saw Rick, you saw it. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It's poor little guy, man. Okay, something to look forward to in the tomorrow's show. But no, we got to share <laughs> Raise the truth, your spirits. We? <laughs> I thought we're here to illuminate. No, we are. We are. I'm just joking. Jokes. And, and, we'll, jokes. Also, and we'll also have a, uh, a final terrible. score from the Misfits game, too. We'll have a final score from the Misfits game as well. So we didn't get to Joe Biden and his, um, well, seemingly flip-flop on the Masters. All of a sudden, he doesn't want to weigh in. We'll get to that tomorrow as well. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night. Back with you in 22 on a Wednesday. We'll see you at 8 o'clock tomorrow.